And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth, a great nation where there is great agreement on uh, one proposition. Everybody agrees. Well, 85%. America's headed in the wrong direction. The uh, This is not good news for Joe Biden. His disapproval rating, disapproval, 60%. What's amazing about it is even among Democrats, 67% believe that uh, the economy of the country is poor. 79% of everybody. I mean, <laughs> the Democrats have the most cheerful view of it. And you have two-thirds who think the economy is poor right now. Is uh, Biden going to make that better? Is he going to help himself with his comments today in Madrid, where he slams the Supreme Court and calls for getting rid of the filibuster so they can uh, actually rewrite a, uh, a, a Roe decision into law. Now, they can do that. Under the Constitution, they can do that. They can go ahead and respond to, that's the way the system works. They can go ahead and respond to the Dobbs case and the decision handed down there by writing a new law that would apply nationwide and uh, a new law that basically knock down all the restrictions on abortion that have been put up so far or that would be put up, as people are understanding, under the uh, new Dobbs case system. Uh, the, entire, the entire issue has just produced some of the worst ideas, and frankly, on both sides. I, I got to tell you, when you hear about conservative organizations that are basically calling for basically a posse to, to go after anybody who crosses the state lines to get an abortion. This is not going to work out well. And this is not going to work out well for either side, uh, both of whom are given to apocalyptic rhetoric. What are they forgetting that is very important? Well, part of what they're forgetting is that most Americans would prefer that we not have this extremist-only view of this particular issue. Uh, speaking of extremist-only views, uh, there is one extreme, and an extreme reason for reassurance or uh, basically encouragement. So let's begin today, maybe, just for a change, with a little bit of a jolt of, of good news. Uh, the good news is that uh, the United States aiming to boost military presence in Europe. Does that sound like the administration may be doing something right in the midst of all this? The U.S. plans to make its biggest military expansion in Europe since the Cold War, including its first permanent troop presence in Poland, as NATO prepares for two more members to join the alliance in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The announcement which follows a NATO pledge this week to increase its uh, high readiness forces. Now, listen to this. High readiness forces with NATO, and this is with all the 30 countries in NATO, will be a total of 300,000 troops. That's up from 40,000 today. Uh, that comes despite Washington's efforts to shift U.S. attention toward China and offers fresh evidence 
uh, how Russia's war is upending international security. We're stepping up. We're proving that NATO is more needed now than it ever has been. President Biden said on Wednesday at the opening of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization Summit. Well, good for him. There's also a big new poll, and it's very hard to do a poll in Ukraine right now because you've got to get people's attention in between bombs and missile strikes and, and basically people being slaughtered. But they asked this question. If uh, peace could be achieved by granting Russia control over some parts of Ukrainian territory, would you find that unacceptable, acceptable, or don't know? So how many people in Ukraine would find it unacceptable to get peace by giving Russia some control over some parts of Ukrainian territory? 81% uh, said that uh, it would be unacceptable unacceptable that's the territory occupied by russia before the war if you gave them back the territory all the territory they've occupied that would be unacceptable to 89 percent of ukrainians Uh, an overwhelming share of ukrainians some 89 percent say it would be unacceptable to reach a peace deal with moscow by ceding ukrainian territory that Russian forces have seized in their invasion this year. A new Wall Street Journal NORC poll, which is coordinated with Ukrainian pollsters, because the poll was conducted in both Ukrainian and in Russian for the Russian speakers who are part of the Ukrainian nation. And what's astonishing about this is they found that those Russian speakers were just as willing to fight on to continue the battle, to continue the struggle uh, as as people who are of Ukrainian ancestry within the country. Uh, the, uh, the people argue back and forth of what those percentages actually are. They also ask this, uh, who do you trust uh, a great deal, somewhat, very little, or not at all? And who do you trust, President Zelensky? Uh, 84% uh, trust him a great deal. Can you imagine comparing the Zelensky approval rating in the middle of a devastating war to uh, Biden's approval rating in the midst of just political chaos and mess and a threatening economy? And uh, then um, they asked uh, the the Ukrainian military, 97 percent to trust the Ukrainian military a great deal. God bless them and God's speed to our Ukrainian allies. And uh, then there's Joe Biden. And uh, Joe Biden was speaking uh, in, in Madrid where he's conducting his foreign tour. And part of the foreign tour is going very well, welcoming Sweden and Finland into the NATO alliance. But he was asked uh, a question and he gave a devastating answer. Uh, this is clip 11. World leaders are saying America's going backwards. America's better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been. We have the strongest economy in the world. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States, an overruling not only Roe v. Wade, 
but essentially challenging the right to privacy. We've been a leader in the world in terms of personal rights and privacy rights, and it is a mistake, in my view, for the Supreme Court to do what it did. Okay, outrageous for him to make those remarks abroad, especially on a day like today. Today, Ketenji Brown Jackson, his appointee, was sworn in as an associate justice. She's just coming into her own. Why not celebrate that? And uh, when he talks about uh, basically the Supreme Court as a destabilizing force, uh, if uh, anyone agrees with uh, President Biden on that, uh, you can uh, give us a call. Uh, Mitch McConnell does not agree. He gave an extremely forceful, I think very impressive response. We will get to that and more. Uh, Biden has now changed on a key issue of the filibuster. And why? Because he wants the Congress of the United States to go forward with uh, codifying Roe v. Wade, going ahead and voting it into law, in effect, except they would probably go far beyond Roe v. Wade in banning any restrictions to abortion at all. Uh, We will get to that and to more coming up on the Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776. Michael Medved Show. All across America, this is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden's statement, and it came in uh, the midst of him answering a few questions in Madrid, uh, where he's on his travels following up the NATO meeting and the G7 meeting. And... uh, Basically, everything had been going okay for him uh, when in response to a, uh, a question about how America was doing, he was beasting, uh, boosting how America was doing, and then he, uh, he, he said, well, if we can play that again, Jeremy, where uh, President Biden calls the Supreme Court of the United States uh, a destabilizing force in America. Can you imagine I mean, and he does that on the same day that his first appointee to the Supreme Court, who's young by Supreme Court standards, she's only 51 years old, Katenji Brown Jackson. She could be, who knows, she could be on the court for another 50 years. And that, of course, given the way the court has gone back and forth in the United States, I think that will be the goal of any other future appointment. You're not going to see people in uh, the Joe Biden age group. Uh, Donald Trump is 76 years old. Joe Biden is 79 years old. I mean, yes, it's uh, it's good that they are turning to some younger leadership on the court. Uh, this is uh, Biden in Madrid once more. Listen. You haven't found one person, one world leader to say America's going backwards. America's better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been. We have the strongest economy in the world. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States on overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. We've been a leader in the world in terms of personal rights and privacy rights. And it is a mistake, 
in my view, for the Supreme Court to do what it did. Okay, for the Supreme Court to do what it did was to do what courts have to do, is if you have a case, and the case is coming up to the court, and it's coming through the appellate process, and there are different appellate courts that are giving different answers, what are you supposed to do? You can't ignore it, because you have contradictory answers from other judicial bodies. The Supreme Court has to decide. And based on the reading of the law, the reading of the Constitution, and yes, the traditions, long-standing traditions of this country, because otherwise what you're doing is you're, you're just pretending that uh, you are a mini-legislature, which the court is not supposed to be. Um, Mitch McConnell responded to what the president said, and I think his response was excellent, right on point, brief, direct. Attacking a core American institution like the Supreme Court from the world stage is below the dignity of the president. Beyond that, President Biden's attacks on the court are unmerited and dangerous. He's upset that the court said the people, through their elected representatives, will have a say on abortion policy. That does not destabilize democracy. It affirms it. By contrast, it is behavior like the president's that undermines equal justice and the rule of law. The president launched this inappropriate attack when he was asked about whether or not we are on the right track as a country. The president needs to take a look in the mirror. The Supreme Court isn't responsible for inflation, high gas prices, crime in the streets, or chaos at the border. The president is. No amount of blame shifting on the global stage will change that. Uh, nor will it change that for the president to suggest that... Uh, he is now in favor of creating an exception for the filibuster over abortion and privacy. He wants to codify right into law not just the, uh, quote, right to abortion, but the, quote, right to privacy. Uh, this is President Biden on that. This is clip 18. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets the filibuster in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception for this, for the except the require an exception to the filibuster for this action to deal with the Supreme Court decision. Kelly O'Donnell, NBC. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, you just made some news saying you would support changing the filibuster rules to codify abortion rights broadly across the country right to privacy is not just abortion rights but yes abortion rights uh the uh and and again how broadly would you uh define the rights to privacy and doesn't that just set up a huge uh array of coming court cases where if the right to privacy is now written down and it is uh, said to be rather than being viewed as a an emanation of a penumbra of some thoughts that were associated with the Constitution. Uh, if we have that, we also have Pramila Jayapal, the uh, congresswoman from Seattle, is also put forward. She has 80 co-sponsors in the House, all Democrats, every single one of them. Uh, they are putting together a trans bill of rights, a bill of rights that they want to pass 
uh, guaranteeing various rights to uh, uh, to define, to change, to alter, to compel respect for your gender identity. Really, it, President Biden back in uh, 2005. It's not so long ago. He was already uh, a very senior member of the Senate. Uh, talked about how horrible it would be to nuke the filibuster, to get rid of the filibuster, which he now supports. This is President Biden in 2005, clip 19. And we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party. Okay, and that's what... Um, uh, they propose to do this time when they don't have a real majority. I am not at all sure that on the issue of the filibuster, that if there is a tie, that uh, uh, somehow uh, uh, Kamala Harris can actually break the tie to actually change the filibuster that have to have a real Majority, In other words, to change the rules on the filibuster before they get to voting for this new codification of Roe would be a very complicated Senate process, and it would involve being tied up in more controversy of this nature. And at, at, at this all at a time when the level of hysteria has become so intense, uh, so hysterical, and so apocalyptic uh, concerning this abortion issue that when he says it's destabilizing to the country, I mean, really? Are, are we, is our government going to fall, collapse over the abortion issue? Uh, that's a subject to bring up with David Frum, a former White House speechwriter, a, a very gifted writer for Atlantic and a more veteran of the George W. Bush administration. David Frum coming up on abortion and prohibition on the Medved Show. On the Michael Medved Show, one of the uh, points that uh, David Frum makes in his uh, commentary on prohibition and abortion is it, it goes to that point that you've heard endlessly. And I, I, I guarantee you everyone here has heard this at least five or six times, probably many more, uh, if you pay attention to the news at all is people on the left saying this is the first time the Supreme Court has ever taken away a right from the American people. Well, it wasn't the Supreme Court. It was actually the entire constitutional process. The Constitution was used to take away a right from the American people back in 1920. That was when, uh, at the end of uh, World War I, after the Democratic Party had largely collapsed because... Wilson's whole handling of the peace treaty and the League of Nations and then his stroke and uh, the Wilson administration basically collapsed. And that allowed the Republican Party, which was identified with the cause of prohibition. And uh, the right 
to drink, uh, to buy and to produce and to sell alcohol, that is deeply rooted in American tradition. And uh, in fact, our founding fathers, there was a book about this a few years ago, our founding fathers, many of them, including George Washington and certainly Thomas Jefferson, uh, produced their own wine and beer and booze, and we're very proud of it. The one time that uh, George Washington first ran for office, he ran for a seat in the Virginia House of Burgesses, and he was a young man, and uh, he gave out a booze, exactly the, uh, for anyone who came and voted, and presumably they came and voted for him. But uh, it's, the, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that I know it's controversial with some of the voting reform legislation in Georgia now. But uh, the, the point about all of this is that he is uh, comparing the division in America at the time of Prohibition, which was between uh, more urban, sophisticated voters and then more rural voters. And uh, there were, in the United States in 1920, there were a lot more rural voters than there are now which is one of the, the, the big differences here uh, between the abortion issue and uh, the prohibition issue is that uh, certainly at the time of prohibition, there was overwhelming support, overwhelming support for uh, ending alcohol. In fact, it had been, and uh, there were dry counties and wet counties even before there was the national drive to make alcohol unavailable everywhere. And the one thing that um, Frum predicts is that very much like uh, prohibition, applying something that locally you could support and would have a lot of support, trying to make it absolutely national and wiping out any ability to vary this state by state, that is going to fail. And that's why the important thing about this is not to, to push a too far or too extreme manner, particularly, particularly at the uh, very beginning of this process under the, uh, the new law. Uh, for, for some reason, by the way, there's a new... Florida law that has been put on hold by a lower court judge and uh, the, the law establishing a 15-week limit uh, in terms of abortions. But we will find out what that is about as that story develops. Um, this from the Washington Post today. Several national anti-abortion groups and their allies in Republican-led state legislatures are advancing plans to stop people in states where abortion is banned from seeking the procedure elsewhere, according to people involved in the discussions. The ideas gained momentum in some corners of the anti-abortion movement in the days since the Supreme Court struck down its 49-year-old precedent uh, protecting abortion rights nationwide, triggering abortion bans across much of the Southeast and Midwest. Actually, there were limitations, not outright bans, but limitations, and that's what most of these are. Most of the abortions that are performed are performed in the first 15 weeks anyway. 
So to call a 15-week uh, abortion regulation saying that you have to be part of the 95% of all abortions that are done in the first uh, trimester, that, um, that is not an abortion ban, is it? The uh, Thomas More Society, a conservative legal organization, is drafting model legislation for state lawmakers that would allow private citizens to sue anyone who helps a resident of a state that has banned abortion from terminating a pregnancy outside of that state. The draft language will borrow from the novel legal strategy behind a Texas abortion ban. Uh, it also was not a full abortion ban. It, it allowed abortion in the first six weeks. I know that's before some women even know that they are pregnant. But um, that was modeled after that Texas abortion law that was enacted last year in which private citizens were empowered to enforce the law through civil litigation. Now, the idea of turning this country into a situation where your neighbors are going to rat on you if you have uh, gone out of state, if you've gone to visit Oregon, say, if uh, you're living in Washington, or <laughs> since both Oregon and Washington are not going to have any change in a, um, is going to have any change in the availability of abortion. And that is the basic point here is that if you look at the uh, states in, in which uh, a majority of Americans live, and uh, including most of the very populous states, the idea that they're going to enact some kind of total abortion ban and are going to sanction this notion of preventing people from crossing state lines, it's every bit as extreme and uh, out, out of focus, it seems to me, as, uh, as what the other side is saying. I mean, they're talking in California about giving people money so they can travel to California for their abortion. Why should California taxpayers uh, care and, and spend money and invest money out of what they pay in taxes to provide abortions, not just for their neighbors, this is for people who live in another state. How does that serve the interests of the voters in California? So part of the problem right here, and, and it's something that I don't know if the uh, uh, president has any ability to, to understand this or to do something about it, when he is talking about changing the filibuster and muscling through the Senate and, and through the House, a codification of Roe, if he makes it very extreme, which is what Ch Senator Schumer wanted to do, basically saying uh, this affirms a right to abortion at all stages of pregnancy, I, I mean, basically taking uh, a much more extreme position than Roe itself. Roe, Roe created limitations on abortion for uh, entirely the first trimester. You could have no limitations on abortion. You could have some in the second trimester, and then you could uh, impose uh, basically limitations for the sake of avoiding barbarity 
in the last trimester when the baby is more developed uh, and viable uh, for close to that time period. We will be right back on the MedVed Show, 1-800-955-1776. Your daily dose of debate. Bingo! Don't bingo me. The Michael Medved Show. Daily dose of debate. Sorry, butt into everybody. You never give anybody a chance to finish. You give them a chance to talk, but whenever you want. I don't know why you profess such hate against people if they don't agree with you. Michael Medved. And on the uh, Michael Medved show, uh, in fairness, uh, there was a better moment <laughs> with President uh, Biden answering questions and talking to the press during his European trip when he was in Madrid. During the brief press conference, he had this to say about the funding for uh, Ukraine aid. Uh, this is clip 20. It's brought together more than 50 countries, more than 50 countries, pledging new commitments. And this is a global effort to support Ukraine. Nearly 140,000 anti-tank systems more than 600 tanks, nearly 500 artillery systems, more than 600,000 rounds of artillery ammunition, as well as advanced multiple launch rocket systems, anti-ship systems, and air defense systems. And again, the United States is leading the way. We provided Ukraine with nearly $7 billion in security assistance since I took office. And uh, the best way to uh, actually make sure that this aid continues to flow and that our support for Ukraine, which uh, is shared by the Ukrainian people, continues unabated, is to make sure that the gas prices begin to subside. Because at some point or another, uh, people are going to put together the, the idea that... Uh, the war in Ukraine is actually costing us because it has interfered with the supply of gas across international lines and because the Biden administration has not yet recalibrated and, and made the understanding that just like the war is causing emergency spending for the government, uh, the the, the war will will only continue to receive the very generous support that it receives from the American people who are the ultimate boss here if uh, there is some progress on dealing with the energy supply here in the country. And that doesn't mean just railing against the uh, oil companies or your neighborhood gas station as if they're price gouging. Uh, again, not a recognition of everybody's for small business in this country. Democrats, Republicans, everybody loves small business, right? Gas stations are mostly small businesses. Uh, most of those stations that we all use are not, don't belong to Chevron or, uh, or, or, or mobile. Uh, they belong to the mom and pop 
who uh, own and run the gas station. And uh, the idea that they are price gouging is generally not true and has been disproven many times over. Okay, uh, a couple of emails came in on the abortion issue. And uh, I, I had commented yesterday on a tweet of the day from Bette Midler, who had said that, uh, ha, we are going to, uh, uh, if, if you say that uh, uh, God gave a pregnancy and therefore there shouldn't be an abortion, then uh, we're going to be in favor of outlawing Viagra because God created that limp beep uh, of yours too, and that shouldn't be fixed. And uh, I, I thought that that was, uh, it's a, a cheap shot to say the least. And Stephen and Renton writes in, you're tone deaf. Midler is dead spot on. You anti-American Christian nationalist Nazis who want women as slaves should have it handed to you in the same way. So all those white limp beep pro-lifers, the Supreme Court removed from the will of the people so those traitors can beep off what goes around comes around. Okay, that's uh, the kind of anger that is not going to get us anywhere as a country. Uh, much more substantive and um, uh, constructive, it seems to me, is a email that came in from Vicki in Kenmore, Washington. And uh, Vicki says, Michael, I'm a longtime listener and lifetime Republican. From listening to you, it appears obvious to me that you have no understanding of the depth of rage and sadness that women feel after the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. You seem to think it's not a big deal, as now it will be turned over to the states, of which many have extreme restrictions with their trigger laws. And you are asking why we're so concerned about this in Washington state, since we won't be affected at all. Of course, this is disingenuous. As you know that the goal is to force a federal abortion law, whether it's through the courts or the legislatures. Time out. I don't know that. First of all, there is no way to force a, a federal abortion law through the courts. I mean, they, they have just made a big abortion decision. They're not going to, now having said, we're giving this back to the states, they're, they're not going to then undo anything that the states decide. This means there will be less court interference with legislatures, not more. And the idea of a federal abortion law, it's just impossible for both sides because you need a supermajority to have something like that done unless you do abolish the filibuster, which uh, Biden is talking about doing. And it is inconceivable that you would get a federal abortion law that would be able to compel Washington to follow that federal legislation that the court would probably rule out because again the regulation medical regulations uh, are uh, basically uh, there uh, as a state power and local power not a federal power in any event she goes on she says the future of monitoring women's mail following them across state lines I just spoke about that which I think is a terrible idea. Reporting and suing them is not far-fetched. You're right about that. 
when you have legislatures actually debating whether uh, women will be allowed to terminate a pregnancy that is killing them or forcing uh, or or uh, or forcing women who have been raped to carry a pregnancy to term anything is on the table and now our status is relegated to the same or below that of potential life speak with some pro-choice women i speak to pro-choice women all the time i, I as I, I, you, you have to, not just living in this state, but anywhere. Speak to some pro-choice women you, you know, and you'll understand more. This will change voting patterns as people like me aren't all extremists and on the left. These are people who believe in reasonable abortion restrictions, as the majority does, and it will be hard to trust any Republican politicians again in their race to the far right. Uh, look, I fear that that is the case. And I have mentioned before on the air, I think that unless this is handled constructively in the months to come to make sure that the draconian kinds of legislation that you're talking about or worried about on the statewide basis does not come to pass, uh, I think that the, the whole idea of trying to interfere with people uh, who are crossing a state line um, that, that all of that is problematic and could be a very big problem and a big issue in the election. I hope it does not become a big issue in the election because in that heat and intensity, not the best way to get to a reasonable uh, compromise or uh, approach. Uh, Mark in Long Beach, California. Mark, you're on the Medved Show. And Mr. Medved, you are the only Republican talk show host I listen to. I'm a moderate Democrat, but I enjoy you every day. That's kind of you to say. Thank you. Okay. I just have a couple of quick points, and I'll let you take it from there. Go. Republican Senator Susan Collins and Joe Manchin, both of them not liberals, said they were deeply misled by Brett Kavanaugh because in the confirmation hearings, he said Roe versus Wade was already a precedent and saw no reason to change it. And the reason why those two senators were upset is because as soon as he got confirmed, he decided to change it. Number two, I only got three, three points. I don't see anything wrong with 15 weeks like they have in Mississippi, but after uh, rape, incest, or the life of the mother, why should the mother, uh, like a 12-year-old, have to bring that child to, to birth? And number three? Number three is, um, do you kind of agree with me on anything I just said? I, I do. Uh, and uh, look, which is why you have to have exceptions for rape, incest, and the life and health of the mother. If it is a health necessity, if there is a chance of severe damage, it's, it becomes a different reality in this greatest nation on God's green earth. 